0: I want to speak to you this morning just to encourage your hearts. Uh, I think we've had a great service today. I, I think that we're in a place where God is bringing us to where we can expect uh, for impossible things. Uh, and uh, I don't know about you, but if I were playing baseball, I wouldn't want to be struck out. Amen. You know, if I'm, if I'm uh, playing basketball, I don't want somebody to dunk on me. If I'm, playing, if, if I'm playing football, I don't want somebody to intercept my path. And so, I, I mean, I'm saying I want to be a winner. And in whatever I do, I want to exceed uh, or excel and exceed even expectations. So uh, l- let us live like that before God. Let us not just accept things as they are and think that's good enough. But let's seek God for the ultimate. We, we should do that. Amen. No, we should do that. And so that's sort of where I'm going with this message today. Uh, I've titled it The Church's Eternal Purpose. The Church's Eternal Purpose. Um, God himself has decided who we are and what we are and what we are to do. And when we think about purpose, we may have some vague understanding of it. So a lot of times I, I have an approximation of what a word means. You know, I don't, I don't know about you. Maybe you're the smart people in the class and you know, always know what every word means. But I can tell you, I can give you examples of it. But my, my daughter one time was, was in one of her classes and, um, and, and, and uh, somebody, I guess, was giving a definition. It's like this, it's like that. And the teacher, the professor said, uh, don't do that, basically. When you do that, you're saying you don't know what the definition is. You know, you're trying to give examples of it. Give the definition. So I want to give you the definition of purpose. It is a setting forth of something. It's a proposal or an intention. This is your purpose, your intention, your proposal. Uh, But in in scriptural terms, it had to do, uh, purpose had to do, the great picture of it is the showbread in the temple being exposed before God. You know, they made it every day, set it out there exposed before god it was called the bread of the presence and um, also a purpose can uh, is defined as the reason for which something exists or is done you know like for example a chair purpose to be sat on you know a car be driven be uh, be written in that kind of thing so it's the uh, reason or for which something exists or is done what something exists or is made or something uh, is used it's an intended or desired result it's an aim it's a goal this is my purpose Um, and it can also be characterized by determination you know when you know your purpose you're determined nothing can keep you from that so so you when you think about the church's eternal purpose, we need to go to Scripture. And let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. I'd like to start there and just go and just share some thoughts with you. We are living in a day of identity crisis. You know? the, the people don't know who they are. We always hear things about identity crisis. And if you don't identify with somebody in their identity crisis, then you're somehow a bad person. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, got a little quiet, real momentary, momentary, you know. So, so you know, yeah. If, if I don't agree with your your uh, aberrant behavior, you you know, you you're going against the norm, then I don't agree with you because I have a biblical edict here, and, and then I'm somehow the bad guy. And so we live in a in a era, a period of time of identity crisis, and Christians are catching the the disease. You know, we want to be like the world. Well, we, you know, you can't be like that. Well, let's go to the Bible and find out what God says. And then let's only do what God says. Look, the world didn't save us. The world can't save itself. The world has no solution. The world has no solution. Yeah, I will tell you what you do. And, and this, I'm, I find myself going in a direction I didn't want to go in. But let me just say this for a moment. I'll take two minutes of your time later. When you study American history, for example, you study American history. Anybody ever studied American history? If you're an American, you study American history. The same problems that we had in the 1700s, we're still grappling with them today. If that does not tell you, and that's not only America, it's the whole world. If that doesn't tell you about the world system, I don't. I can't help you. You know that 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 that's it's nutty. So the only solutions real solutions are found in God Amen. through Jesus Christ and by extension the church so we've got solutions but we look to the world for their solutions their stuff is bogus it doesn't work here here uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8 Paul says to me who am less than the least of all the saints sometimes it's good not to think too highly of yourself Anybody here, you have a problem with thinking too highly of yourself, don't raise your hand. You have a problem with thinking too highly of yourself. So to me, who am least than the le- uh, less than the least of all the saints, he says, this grace was given. What Paul is saying is, I, if anybody did not deserve the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, the love of God just poured out abundantly, he said, I didn't. And see, I grew up in a Christian home with a wonderful mom and dad and uncles and aunts, all people saved and, 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 and uh, going to heaven, you know. And uh, I didn't deserve it. I thought at one time I did. I thought oh, I've been a good guy all my life. And the Lord started to show me things that I, I did. I thought, oh, I'll never say that again. Why? Because of the things you thought, the things you did. So we've not been. Paul says, I'm the least. I'm, I'm less than the least. If you find the least one, I'm even less than that one. He said, I'm at the bottom of the barrel. This grace was given to me. So if you, if you feel like I'm just so unworthy, I'm a horrible, I've been horrible, I, I was a, a dirty, rotten sinner, and I knew it, and God says, oh, you're a candidate for the grace of God. That's what he's saying here. You're a candidate. You're an amazing candidate for the grace of God. He said, I, I I messed up every day I lived. You're a good candidate for the grace of God. He, listen, he says. He says, God gave him this, this amazing grace that he said that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. He said, can you imagine God choosing me, a, a, a God, a, a, a Jesus hater, Jesus hater, a man who uh, had... Christians put into jail and 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 voted for them to be killed. He said, "God chose me to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ, the untraceable riches of Christ." It's like saying that Jesus is so rich and full that that there's no way you can find out uh, and exhaust his blessings, his roots of blessings, his his highways of blessings. They're just Untraceable, They're unsearchable. He says, and he also had the grace to preach that, but he had the grace also, the unmerited favor, and to make all see what is the fellowship of this mystery, what is the sharing of this mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. And so he's showing you his understanding in that he said, these things that I'm sharing were hidden in God. They were hidden. Here I am, an unworthy sinner. Now, God showed these things that were hidden in God. They were who created all things through Jesus. He says, but they were hidden from ages. And there were ages and ages and ages that people didn't know. And God took this sinner. So that's the church, really. That is the church's place. And I want to try to make it clear in a moment he says to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God the variegated the multidimensional multi-sided multicolored wisdom of God might be made known by the church by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So not only do we have an assignment to let our neighbors know, but God says, God chose us, repentant sinners, to teach the universe the wisdom of God. That is the manifold wisdom of God. And so it is, the wisdom of God is so diverse, God is using all of this diversity to his advantage. And, and the world uses it to its, at our disadvantage. But God uses it to our advantage he says that according now he's still not done so let me read it on so it's not disjointed to you to me who am less than the least of all the saints this grace was given that i should preach among the gentiles the unsearchable riches of christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in god who created all things through jesus christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. According to the eternal purpose, the church must do it according to, equal to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. So what Paul is saying to us is that you and I have now been given this amazing purpose, assignment the church has to make known what has not been known, but we must make known what God intends and not what man intends. This is what he's saying. According to the eternal purpose which God has already created, accomplished. God is already finished. This is so huge to me. So the church's assignment is, is to receive this revelation and to dispense this revelation of Jesus Christ who he is. I am I, um, amazed with Christ. I, I I'd say to some brothers from, from time to time, I said, just think about yourself. Here you are a, a man standing there and out of you came everything in existence. Can you imagine? That's how great Jesus is. And what Paul is saying is that this eternal purpose has already been accomplished in Jesus Christ and God wants us to make it known. And, and And one part of this mystery is that God has now brought the Jews and the Gentiles into one body. Jews and Gentiles share one body. I know that Israel is is important in God's plan. I know that Israel is an amazing picture. But Israel is not favored over you. You are the body of Christ. And and believing Jews and believing Gentiles share that same body. That's huge. So you are not now some, some alien. You are a son of God. You are a child of God. Not... Just as I said previously, it's not like, oh, I was adopted into the family. No, 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 you misunderstand adoption. You were born in the family. You were born. You have a spiritual birth. Just like you have a natural birth, you have a spiritual birthday. When you were born of God. Come on. That's that's too big. That's too huge. But can I say this to you? Most of us don't even realize it. We don't know it. And when we hear it, we're just like, I come from the country, we're like a calf looking at a new gate. Yeah, you know, you know, you—you you put the gate on the fence, I promise you, you've never seen it. You put a new gate on the, on the fence, you know, a calf will walk up to it and just stare at it all day. And that's the way we are with these great Accomplishments that God wrought for us through Christ and says, Your purpose, he you said, I don't know my purpose. Well, shame on you. Because God says, Your purpose is to express this throughout the un- not just on the earth, but throughout the universe. Your purpose is to teach principalities, rulers, angelic rulers, the grace of God, the mercy of God. Yeah, you're teachers, like university professors. Why? Because of Christ. So we have a purpose, and it's not to get our marching orders from the world of the world system. Wow. So we're teaching angelic beings. So what does it look like? What are we showing them? We show them a picture of salvation salvation. You know, being saved from what you couldn't be saved from. I I know that sounds like a nutty thing to say, you know, well, if I can't be saved for it, how is it that I'm saved? That's the grace of God. That's the amazement of, of the amazing thing about God because God saved us where there was no solution. There was no earthly solution. So God was the only one who could bring a solution outside the planet. From outside the planet, he brought us a solution from very heaven itself. And if you say, well, there was a solution in the earth, ah, I've got words for you. If there were solutions in the, in, in the earth then God brought his son, that's bad. That would be a terrible thing if there was some earthly solution, but God wouldn't use Him. He, he would rather put his son on the cross. No, there were no solution in the earth realm. God brought us an answer from heaven itself. God brought us an answer from the throne of God. And you and I are of the throne of God. That's who you are. That's who you are. You know, parents, good parents always tell their children who they are. And and sometimes we'll we'll drill it into the kids. You know what I'm saying? You know, no, 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 no. Uh, Our family uh, doesn't do that. that. You know, this is our family, our family. And, And there's nothing wrong with that. And the family of God has a purpose from God. It's an eternal purpose, and God has already accomplished it. When Jesus Christ was on the cross and he said, it is finished, yeah, that's exactly what it meant. It is finished. It's a finished work. And so we take the results of what is finished to the world, and not only the world, but to the universe. Yeah. That's what God is saying. We are showing them righteous comportment right now. Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah. And so we have this, we have salvation, which is... It's just so huge. Salvation is just so huge. Can you imagine that God would take treasonous, rebellious men and and mankind and then give them his salvation? His salvation is not just a a substance, a thing, an it. It's a person. And he gave us the person of Jesus Christ. He gave him to be in us, to live in us. And he gave us also, conversely, to live in him. He just got like a double lock situation. You know, so that's why I know some people have a problem with, with my theology that, uh, that I don't believe that we can be lost. I, I don't believe that once God saves us, we can be lost. There are people who say, well, you can if you want to. I say, no, 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 I can't even want to. What, what person do you know say, I want to be lost? I can't even want to. I can't even form the words. Why? Because I've been born of the Spirit. And one thing I know about birth is you can't, once you're born, you can't be unborn. So I've been born of the Spirit of God. So that means that I, you, are of God. And so God wants us to know this. He wants us to be armed with this. He wants us to be armed with this reality. Wow. Wow. And so then, then we have this amazing blessing of redemption. God, God became our redemption. God became our redemption. So we are bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you something. If the blood of Jesus can't save you and keep you even from yourself, it's no good. But it is good. It is efficacious. And your purpose is to take salvation to the world and show the universe a picture of it, to take the redemption plan to the world and to show the, the universe a picture of it and to show how God delivered us and He so delivered us that we cannot be undelivered. Wow. He delivered us from sin. He delivered us from shame. He delivered us from the snares of Satan. And I'm free. And you are free. He gave us forgiveness. forgiveness. Can you imagine forgiveness? Huge thing. Forgiveness. You and I had sinned egregiously against God. Horribly against God. And sometimes some of us think that we're so whatever, that we deserve it. We didn't deserve it. We deserve eternal death. But God says, no, I'm, I'm not for eternal death. I will give you eternal life. That's what God did. So God has only one kind of life to give us, and that is eternal life. And so when you know these things, you're armed with the truth of God. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stand in front of you. I predict right now, I, I speak over, over you and into you right now, that the age in which we have come is a a confidence in God that we have never had. It's a settled assurance in God that we have never had because He is bringing us more and more into this amazing place called the final, the final chapter. Yeah, He is bringing us to that, and we are settled in God. I know that I know that I know that God is for me, and I know that it, since God is for me, no one, nothing can be against me since God is. So the eternal purpose is that I might show his amazing forgiveness throughout the, the world and the universe and then be a picture, a display of his grace and mercy. In Ephesians chapter 1, let, let's look at it a little bit, just a little bit. In verse 4, I mean, the other st- everything is, is good. I remember a time I, I told you a story. One time years ago, many years ago in the oil business, and we got some oil people here here. Hard workers, tough. Yeah, hard workers. They're, they're sitting here. They're incognito. You don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, but but I said to him, years ago I was reading, uh, I said, hey, let, let me see your Bible. Let me show you. Looked, I was going to look up something. I looked at the Bible. Every page you had was red and, and yellow and pink. And I said, hey, man, what are you doing? You underline everything. That's it's all good <laughs> so, so 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 yeah, just get your Bible read it, unline everything because it's all there. Okay, in Ephesians chapter one, verse four it says, "Just as He chose us, now listen what God did, God has so solidified your salvation your redemption, your deliverance, your forgiveness, the grace that he's given to you, uh, the mercy he has dispensed to you. He is so solidified, it cannot be undone. I, I love the fact that the work of God cannot be undone. What God has done cannot be undone. There is no entity in the, in the universe that can, out, that can undo God's work. Now listen to what he did for you. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, he chose you before you were born. Before he made the earth, he knew you. Now, 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 somebody accused me of saying I was saved before the world began. I, I didn't say that. I said God chose me. And then sometime in time and space when I was born, in whatever year I was born, I'm becoming smart. I came to the Lord sometime after that. I came to the Lord, and, the, and, and, and what God had chosen was, became a reality for me. It was already a reality for God, but it became a reality for me. Wow. And when you, when you understand, come to an understanding of God's eternal purpose for you, and you realize that no weapon formed against you can prosper, it, ma- it doesn't matter what... New trick the devil comes up with. He cannot upend you. When you really, really know that, you're ready. You're ready for prime time. You're ready for ministry. You're ready to fulfill the purposes of God. Listen what he did. He chose us in him and before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now listen, this is another, another thing that just messes people up. It says, now, he chose you what? In him. Before the foundation of the world. That you, call your name, should be Holy without blame before him in love. So that means that when you walk up to to God in the final day and you walk up to him, oh, wow, Father, he says, you won't have any blame. There won't be anything against you. You'll just be in a a bastion of love. All you're going to do is just love and love and love and more love. And you know how good love feels. You know it. I mean, everybody wants to be loved. And when you're loved, you know it. If you're healthy. Now listen, having predestined us, he, he predetermined you, predestined us. I don't have a problem with predestination. Some people say, well, I just got a problem with predestination. Well, you got a problem with yourself. <laughs> yeah, you do. You have a problem with salvation. You got a problem with everything God's done because he predestined you to Adoption. He, he chose you before the, he made the earth, and he predestined us to adoption as sons, listen, again, by Jesus Christ, to himself. See, God does everything through Jesus Christ. And now he is doing it in your life through Jesus Christ. And when, some, when you minister to somebody else, it's Jesus having saved you and, has, and having cleaned you, cleansed you, and having sent you. That's what Jesus is. So everything is Jesus. It starts with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. He predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself. Now listen, according to the good pleasure of His will. He did it in agreement with His will. He did it, as it were, equal to His will. The good pleasure of His will. Now listen, to the praise of His glory. To the praise of His glory. To the praise of the glory of His grace. By which this amazing glory, grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. He made you accepted in the beloved. When I first started to read and study, I thought the beloved was a place, uh, like a, a maybe a material place, like, like uh, heaven. But I realized it was not. The beloved is a person. That, that that place that God has transferred you to is a person. And, and it's like a, a safety deposit box that nobody has the key to it but God Himself. The devil doesn't have a key. The devil can't open that that place where you are. You are safe and secure in this place called the beloved, the Son of God. And so now you can do what God has commanded you to do, has given you to do, and stop looking at these promises of God as though they're way in the distance somewhere. They are near you. They are near you. God wants to pull you out of unbelief. Wow. Let let me read this and then we'll be done, all right? You know, uh, let, let's go Ephesians 1. And we'll do verses 7 through 10. And I'll just read them and try not to elaborate them too much. They preach themselves, really. Verse 7 says, in him. See, can you imagine? All these things are done in Christ. Everything. Can you, and what is done in Christ will be, all, always will be successful. Just, they used to say to me when I was a little boy, hey, just stay close to, stay, stay close, baby. Just stay with the Lord, baby stay with the Lord. Well, I realized that the staying with the Lord was not due to my human effort. I didn't have some strength that could cause me to stay with the Lord. I trusted him yeah. to keep me with him. That's how you do that. You just trust the Lord. And, and Paul says, in him, we have redemption. <laughs> Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And what he's saying is that his blood, the blood of Christ, is highly efficacious. It's highly effective. And he says we have redemption, so it's the price of our salvation. So if I can now be lost and go to hell and and burn forever and ever, it means that Jesus' blood was not able to keep me. It was not the real price for my salvation. But the but the amazing thing about it is, this is what I know. You, when you start to grow older, you know some things you never could learn while you were young because youth was in the way. Yeah, youth is in the way. I mean, you know, and so when, when you get older, you realize, you know, that, that song I mentioned in the first service, my soul look back and wonder how I got over. You know, when you look back, you go, Lord, I was as crazy as my buddies over there. But my buddies are gone. They never wanted you. They did whatever. And here I am still clocking. I, there were times when the devil stuck his foot out and it, I fell over, but I fell over. And when I came up, I was still looking toward God. That, that's what that looks like. That's the purpose of God. God's purpose for you is that you succeed, that you never fail, and he has guaranteed it with the blood of his son. Hallelujah, somebody. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Listen to what he says. He says, In him, we have redemption. He's purchased you. bought you through the blood, through his blood, Jesus' blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound, superabound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. He had an intention in himself. And he divulged it at the right time wow i mean god god's wisdom and having made known to us the mystery the hidden secret that were only in him he didn't tell all the old testament prophets everything about you they hardly knew you but the new testament apostles and prophets they talked about this and boy, look at what God has done. Now listen, this is what he, he wanted us to know. He wants you to know this. He wants you to come to a confidence in this. Having made known to us, you, just call your name, having made known to the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things, in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. And this is what God has done through Jesus. Jesus is the most amazing person in human history. He is the most amazing person uh, at any juncture of history. This is what God did. God says, this is what he's done for, for you and me. He has placed us in the safest place we could ever be placed in where all things God wants for you will, ne- will come to pass and never be nullified by anything in this life. So, this is what I say to all of us. Let's stop getting our information. Let's stop getting our instructions from the world. And let's get them from the eternal Word of God. Amen? Amen? Well, super. Because Jesus has now already, already, brought heaven and earth together he is all ready and we're just waiting to see it he is all ready and how do i know because our head is in heaven the body is on the earth and as goes the head so goes the body yeah amen in jesus name